Welcome to the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast, the podcast that helps you find solutions for your weight concerns that will last a lifetime. You've got this. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Hi there. Welcome to episode 127 of the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited that you're here. Today, we are digging into a classic kind of weight loss guideline, the whole eat when hungry, stop when you're satisfied. Now, on its surface, it sounds so simple, and it's probably like the holy grail that a lot of us who've worked on weight throughout our lives aim towards. Like, if only we could eat when we're hungry and stop when we're satisfied. And yet it can feel so elusive. That's what we're talking about today. So if this is you where you're like, yeah, duh, (laughs) if I could eat when I'm only hungry and stop as soon as I'm satisfied, weight loss wouldn't be a big issue, then this episode is for you. Just to give you a little bit of my background, if you're new to the podcast, I am an obesity medicine physician, as well as a certified life coach. And my passion is helping physicians who struggle with stress or binge eating. So, you know, if you're a physician where you're like, yeah, I wish I could eat only when I was hungry, well, then this is for you. And you are the group that I have a passion to help. I work with physicians and help them figure out how to go from feeling out of control around food and just frustrated by it, why they seem to be eating when they don't really want to be in terms of their long-term goals and help them find freedom where they can stick to their healthy eating and do it with ease and do it where it fits into the busy physician lifestyle without constantly thinking about it. Check out my website, weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca if you want more information. There's a ton of free resources on there too, guys. If you haven't been over to the website, check it out and download some of the resources. There's a lot of stuff there that will help you in this journey. And today's episode is definitely going to help you. So make sure you stick with me. So when I was preparing this episode and I was thinking through, okay, what has my personal experience been with eating only when hungry and stopping when satisfied? Well, I can tell you I haven't done it a lot. <laughs> and when I look over like all of the years where I've worked on losing weight or been trying to manage my weight, the years where I was actually paying attention on whether I was truly hungry or not and making decisions about food based on that are a relatively small percentage. When I look over a lot of those years, what I see is a lot of the time I was following specific diet plans and I was doing it in a bit of a prescriptive way, meaning I was following something like I did Weight Watchers lots of different times through the years. So I would be following it and trying to fit my life into the points values that I was allotted and trying to follow what I was told. But I wasn't so much interested in am I hungry or not? When I think about it now, maybe I was really interested in, am I too hungry? Like, am I getting enough? I probably had a lot of thoughts about that. And what I recognize would happen is a lot of these ways of eating and diet plans, my mind would actually be focused on what can I get away with? It wouldn't necessarily say it that way, but it would be like, okay, you know, if I have this many points, how much food can I actually 
eat for those points. Or even when I started eating a lower carb, I think initially it would be, okay, I'm not going to eat bread, but how much of this, what other stuff can I eat? And it was focused on making sure that I had lots. And that's kind of a theme for myself when I think back through my years of eating is there was always this idea of, I want to make sure I have enough and this fear of not having enough. And we're going to talk about that in today's episode a bit. I think it'd be worthwhile for you to do the same reflection that I just did of thinking back over your years. How much time do you actually spend asking if you're hungry? And how much time do you spend paying attention to if you're starting to get satisfied while you're still eating? I think we pay attention to it afterwards when we've overeaten and we feel physically full. Then it kind of comes up. But how often do you notice your satiety level while you're actually eating? It would be an interesting reflection exercise. Again, never meant for you to beat yourself up about it, just meant to be curious and build your knowledge of how your brain's been behaving around food. As you can see from my story about recognizing that what my brain was doing was trying to get away with whatever it could on whatever diet plan I was following, well, that wasn't so successful for me, was it? (laughs) I can tell you it was not. And yet I thought, I didn't recognize at the time that that's what was making it not successful. And ultimately, probably when I finally did truly start losing the weight, a big piece of that was coming to acceptance with what I was eating and trying to let go of that idea of just seeing what I could get away with and still lose weight. So let's talk about the concept of eat when hungry and stop when full. Sounds really simple. And honestly, I do think it's a really good theory and concept to aim towards. The issue is it's not as simple as it sounds on its surface. And I think you guys actually know that because you've tried this, I'm sure, and maybe haven't been as successful as you wanted. So you're aware that there's extra layers to it and that it's more complex than what it seems. And I think this is an example of how in life we try to simplify weight and eating issues and just make them sound simple, like, well, just only eat if you're hungry and then stop when you're satisfied. And there probably are people that that works totally well for, but then there's a whole lot of people that that just doesn't work for and that it's an oversimplification. I think oversimplifications often then lead to weight bias, right? And some of that weight bias is internal, where we feel because we have not been successful in making this very simple sounding statement come true in our own life, that there's something wrong with us and maybe it's our fault. And what I want to talk to you about today and share with you is just how complex this is. And I'm going to share with you the different levels of skills that you would probably need to put this in place successfully on a regular basis. And it'll give you a place to start looking and focusing on and working towards. Because like I said, I think the concept, essentially it's intuitive eating that you eat when you're hungry and you stop when you feel satisfied. The concept is good. The big piece of it is just being aware of what gets in your way and how you could approach that. And then approaching it from a compassionate standpoint, not beating yourself up about it because that's so easy to do. And yet anytime we beat ourselves up about how we're eating, it creates a big barrier and basically makes it so you can't learn. If you're telling yourself it was horrible that you ate and you totally weren't hungry, you're not going to be able to gain any useful information out of that episode because that shame is going to just create this big barrier for you. So let's talk, I wanted to break the saying down in half. So we're going to look at the eat when hungry piece first, and then we'll look at the stop when satisfied piece second and go into detail on both of them. So the eat when hungry, 
first of all, I think what you need to do is look at hunger and recognize what is hunger for you. Everybody's different. It's a physical sensation generally. Um, mine is like grumbling in my stomach. I have a little bit of it going on right now because it's kind of heading into lunchtime right now and almost like a hollowness in my stomach. But it might be different for you. You may have different sensations of physical hunger. So paying attention to what is physical hunger. And if you aren't sure, doing an experiment where you just wait until you feel it where you're sure. So tell yourself it's just an experiment and just keep waiting until you actually feel that hunger. Even if that means you go a longer chunk of time without eating. Because sometimes if we've been like overeating, having bigger portion sizes at every meal, I know myself, I find it can take a little bit before actual physical hunger shows up again. Um, So give yourself permission to experience it, to just as a detective, see what it's like and what it feels like for you. Now, the other thing I want you to ask yourself is what mimics it? So for some people, non-physical hunger can mimic the physical hunger a little bit. So food cravings can feel intense. They can feel in your body. And sometimes they feel like you might be hungry, and yet they don't actually have that much to do with true physical hunger. So developing like a library in your mind of all the different things that your brain wants to label hunger as hunger, and then deciding which ones are truly hunger, which ones truly represent that physical hunger of I have not eaten for quite a while, which other ones represent more emotional hunger or just desire for food or like a sensation hunger, like wanting a certain texture or flavor in your mouth, recognizing those and noticing those. Another thing I think that sometimes can make you feel like you might be hungry is like heartburn, GERD, I think often will give you kind of the similar feelings to physical hunger and can be mistaken for it. So again, if that's you, just pay attention and learn the subtleties. How do you know when it's a little bit of heartburn? How do you know when it's hunger? And keep asking yourself, what other things mimic hunger for you? Because maybe you have other situations that I haven't said that mimic hunger. Let's talk about why do we eat when we're not physically hungry? What other things actually trigger eating as well? Because again, you need to be aware of this list for yourself so that you can identify, okay, is it hunger or is it one of these other triggers? And if it's one of these other triggers, what else can I do instead of eating? So one reason, a huge reason why we eat is habit. So if you're used to eating three meals a day, or even if you're used to eating two meals a day, if you're used to eating lunch at a certain time, dinner at a certain time, or having certain snacks, you may be eating them even when you're not physically hungry, just because it's time to do that, or it's the time your family sits down to eat, or it's the time you scheduled to go out to eat. Hopefully soon we will be able to do that. Right now we can't hear what our numbers are with COVID, but some of you might be able to go out with people to eat. You know, there's a lot of habit and kind of external structures on when we eat that aren't directly related to hunger. So watching yourself and noticing when those are coming up for you, I think can be really important. Another reason for eating when you're not hungry is just being cued to eat. So watching somebody else eat or just seeing the food, walking past some food and you reach out and you grab it and you eat, being cued by other things like seeing billboards while you drive or hearing ads on the radio, watching ads on TV. There's a lot of different places that we get cued by food and those can just cue your brain to go look for food even if you weren't otherwise looking for it. It can kind of set off some habit loops in your brain. 
So again, just recognizing if you're suddenly eating mindlessly, ask yourself what happened? What was the cue here so that you can figure it out? Third reason why we eat when we're not hungry is just desire. Like if you spend your day thinking about how delicious a certain food is going to be, then you're going to end up eating the food whether you're hungry or not because your brain is going to build this desire and build this desire, especially if you're thinking to yourself, man, it'd be so good to eat this food and yet I can't because I'm being good. Well, that's just going to build more desire. (laughs) It's going to build up your brain's thinking about the food so that it just wants it more and more and more. You know, other things that might build desire is if you're like looking at recipes a lot or scrolling through things, food pictures. Again, it's kind of cueing you, but it also could be getting thoughts that create more desire about the food going as well. So watching yourself, what things in your day are creating desire for food outside of hunger? And you know, what's interesting if you think about this is when you're truly physically hungry, you'll eat almost anything. It doesn't really matter. When it's a non-hunger driven eating, like just you're desiring a certain food, it needs to be a certain food. Like if there's other food and it's not quite right, you'll find yourself, no, that's not really what I'm looking for. And that can be a very good clue on whether you're hungry or if there's another driver for the food. The fourth reason why you might eat when you're not hungry are emotions. And we talk a lot about that in this podcast. I deal with that a ton in my stress eating SOS program for physicians, where we talk about all the different emotions and what's causing them. And those emotions often lead to eating. It's kind of like an all roads lead to Rome situation. Often, if you have a brain that uses food as a solution to a lot of things, almost any emotion can lead you to eat. And that includes positive emotions, because I think we don't think about that very much. We think about being stressed and upset and wanting to eat then, but often when we're celebrating, when we're happy, when something good happens, even if we have like good anxiety, like a nervousness about something good, that can all drive eating. And so watching what if your eating is caused by emotions and asking yourself, If you notice that you're eating and you hadn't planned and you don't think you're physically hungry, ask yourself, what am I feeling right now? What emotion was this? And again, build that library where you start to understand what are all the different emotions that lead to me eating and how can I manage them? And that's how you'll start to figure it out long term. Not an easy fix, right? And that's okay. Like we're not talking in any of this about kind of crash diets, just easy fixes. Some of this stuff does take time for you to really understand yourself and really learn how your brain's working and learn the skill of being compassionate no matter what it does so that you can stay curious and keep learning. All right, and the final reason that I came up with why we eat is scarcity, and this drives a ton of eating. So classic example would be you've been eating healthy, you've been watching what you're eating, and all of a sudden there's your favorite food either at somebody's house, somebody brings it into your house or at the office, and the immediate thought is I can't have that very often, I don't usually get to eat that, so I need to eat it now. So that scarcity can drive eating when you're not hungry. And the scarcity is interesting because it's often a little bit false in that really in this day and age, almost any day, if you truly wanted a particular food, you could probably get it. Like if you really wanted cookies, you can either go buy cookies any day of the week or you could make some. You know, if you really wanted bread or something like that, again, you could go find some good bread or you could make it if that's what you really wanted to do. Scarcity is this concept our brains use to get us to eat and tell us that we won't have other opportunities, that this is our only chance. And yet that's not necessarily true. And so if that's what your brain's doing, calming it down and being like, no, we can have this anytime. I could take some of this food and put it in the freezer so I have it later when I actually want it. You know, there's lots of different 
techniques that you can use to manage that. That's not by any means an exhaustive list of why we eat when we're not hungry. It was the things I could brainstorm, but you may have other reasons. And again, the more curious you are, the more you just start paying attention and understanding your patterns, the better. But let's talk now about what does eat when hungry, eat only when hungry, what does it actually take? What are the skills that you are going to need to put into place to be able to do that consistently? So first skill is that you're going to need an awareness prior to eating. So before putting something in your mouth or before reaching for food, you're going to have to build the awareness of asking yourself, are you actually physically hungry? If the answer is no, then the next step will be building awareness of what truly is making you want to eat. Now, when you start, that awareness might come after you've eaten and that's okay too. So sometimes between the thought to eat and the eating, it feels like there's no space and you end up eating. And if that's you, then just build the awareness after the fact. Be like, okay, was I hungry then? I don't think I was. Okay, what was going on? And use a curiosity and what you'll find is the awareness will move back through the eating experience. Maybe then it'll become while you're eating the food, you start thinking, hey, was I hungry when I started this? And what was really going on here? And eventually you'll get to the point where the awareness is before. The second thing is you'll need the ability to differentiate the physical hunger from the other causes of mimics of hunger or other causes of eating. And that might take practice. In North America, we are not trained to focus on our physical hunger to make that decide whether or not we eat. We're trained to overeat, really. And so you don't have practice paying attention to your hunger and differentiating physical hunger from emotional. That's okay. Again, it's going to be a skill to build. And the more you practice it, the better you're going to get at it. And so you just start practicing it and just start learning about how it feels in your body. And then the third thing is that you'll need to build skills about how do you manage the other causes. So if you're just saying, I'm not going to eat if I'm not hungry, well, what about when you're feeling really upset and every fiber in your being is driving you towards eating? What do you do then? Well, you're going to need to build some skills on that and skills on how do you deal with the upset. Now, what I love about coaching, and I've talked about a lot on this podcast, so there's lots of different episodes that will help you build these skills. It's kind of a big topic, but really, if you can start identifying what was going on and what thought patterns were going on that caused the stress to start to build in the first place, then it becomes so much easier to manage because you actually don't get as stressed out. So maybe the food craving never shows up, or if it does show up, it's a lot milder. Versus at the moment where you feel the really intense food craving and you recognize that it's because you're stressed out about something, that is still doable. You can build the skill of addressing the stressed out versus instead of eating. It's just going to feel a little bit more uncomfortable because the intensity, the urge, and the craving is there at a more of an intense level. But that's what I love about coaching is there's so many different ways that we approach it. And this is why it's so different from just yet another diet is we can build those skills and address it at all these different layers and find the ones that really work for you where it's easy to address it. That's the important piece. So stop when satisfied. Let's talk about that. Now, some people say stop when full. I've deliberately mentioned or I'm deliberately talking about stop when satisfied because often if you wait till you're full to stop eating, you'll overshoot. There's always that leg. I think we all know that of when you're eating, there's a bit of a leg before your brain gets a message that you've eaten and before you get the satiety. So if you keep eating until you're full, 
about 15 minutes later, you're probably going to feel overfull. And so the place to stop eating is when you start getting the messages of like, okay, this is probably okay. And then 15 minutes later, you'll feel even more satisfied. Now let's talk about satiety. What is it? And again, this is something we haven't had practice paying attention to. What is just enough? What is satisfied but not full? And if you haven't had practice paying attention to it, then this is yet another new skill to play around with and be curious about and notice. What does satisfied feel like in your body? What does full feel like in your body? How do you know when you're transitioning from hungry to satisfied? How do you know when you're transitioning from satisfied to full? They're going to feel different and everybody's going to have a different description, but working through that on your own. And if you can really identify what are the first signs of enough in your body. So when you're eating and you hit the like, that's enough, that's adequate, I'm satisfied. What is the first sign of that? And how would you recognize it while eating? How can you notice it when it shows up? Now let's talk about what gets in the way of stopping when you're satisfied. Why do we keep going if we're satisfied? Well, the first one is taste, right? Like it tastes so good. I don't want to stop. I want more. I want to kind of get the most out of this. Um, And you know, what's interesting if this is you is you may want to pay attention to how does the food actually taste? So once you've hit satisfied and you want more bites, pay attention to those bites. Are they actually as good as your brain tells you they are going to be? So before you take the bite, the brain's like, oh, this is so good. I don't want to miss out on this. But when you put it in your mouth, is that still true? Because here's the interesting thing about taste is often really it's the first bite or two that gives you the most sensation and the most enjoyment. After that, you don't get as much enjoyment out of the food. It's a law of diminishing returns. You need more, but you get less enjoyment. And I think that's often partly why we overeat, right? Is those first bites tasted so good and then you're trying to recreate that and yet you're not getting the same benefit from it. So you keep trying to, well, a little bit more to get back that benefit. And that happens at a subconscious level, but I think it really, that's a big driver. So if it's that I just like the food and I don't want to stop, give yourself permission to keep eating then, but make yourself slow down and pay attention. How is it tasting? What does the food feel like? Is it as enjoyable as I think it's going to be? Because what often happens with eating is we go on autopilot. So we have a thought about what the eating will be like, but we don't pay attention to what the eating is actually like. So we interpret all the eating with our thought of what it should be like. And maybe it's fantastic and stuff. But if we actually slow down and pay attention to what the eating actually is like, it often isn't as good as what our brain tells us it's going to be. Okay. Second reason why it's hard to stop is habit. Again, that's like, you know, you fill your plate, And then you expect that you will eat this much to be satisfied and you eat that much regardless of how your body is feeling. That's habit. Or when you're with in a certain environment with a certain person, you always eat this thing and this amount of it. That's habit for why it might feel hard to stop. The habit of cleaning your plate, which we'll talk about a bit more later on, that's a big habit, right? Where whatever gets dished, whether you dished it or not, it needs to be cleaned up. You can't waste it. That's a habit that leads you to overeating. Not noticing. So often when we're eating, we're doing other stuff. Like when was the last time you sat and ate with no distractions? Where you ate and you were not watching TV, 
you were not deep in conversation. You were not on your phone, checking your email or scrolling through social media. When was the last time you weren't trying to do paperwork at your desk, right? When was the last time you actually ate like that where you just focused on the eating? For a lot of us, that doesn't happen very often. And so we don't have the awareness. We're not paying attention while we eat to what our physical signals are. So you may hit that satiety point and just not notice it because your awareness is somewhere else like on TV or on your phone. The fourth thing would be the emotion piece. It can drive the eating when you're not hungry, but it can also drive continuing to eat even when you're satisfied. Where, And this is partly because the food can't fix the emotion. So your brain is trying to use food to fix the emotion, yet it doesn't fix it. So the emotion stays, so then your brain just keeps trying to use more food to fix it. So say if you're eating ice cream because you're feeling upset and you eat some and physically you're satisfied because you weren't really hungry even to start, but you still feel upset. So your brain just says, like, we just kind of need to keep eating this till we feel better. The problem is, is that's a thought error. There is no better at the bottom of the bowl of ice cream. There's full with still the negative emotions, the upset still being there, but there's no better. So noticing when it's emotions that make you want to keep eating, where you're physically satisfied, but you want to keep eating because of some sort of feeling that you have that you don't really want to experience. And then another reason why you might keep eating, even when you're physically satisfied, is what other people are doing. So eating is a social activity. We do pay attention to what other people are doing, even if it's not conscious. And so if other people are overeating and having extras or you know, talking about clearing their plates, you may do the same just to fit in. And that's kind of a human response. It can feel hard to go against the grain, hard to leave food on your plate where everybody else cleans their plate. So that can be another reason why you might keep going. And then there's the scarcity thing too, of like, this is my only chance. I never get to eat this. I'm not going to, I'm going to have to be careful tomorrow. So I'm not going to get to eat this for a long time again. And that can make you keep eating. But again, it comes back to that law of diminishing returns is does keeping eating actually make it better? Often not when you pay attention to it. If you haven't done this experiment, do it. Keep eating and just pay attention. Does the ongoing eating make it better? Or is it really the beginning of the eating that actually is the best part that you really, truly enjoy? Learn that about yourself. So what skills do you need to stop when satisfied? Well, the first skill is learning to pay attention to your physical sensations while you're eating. And that might mean you need to do some eating that isn't distracted, where the TV is turned off, you're not on your phone, and just focus on your physical sensations. It might mean you need to check in on a regular basis with your physical sensations while you're eating and keep asking yourself, is this enough? Is this enough? Am I satisfied? Am I satisfied? You need to have a willingness to step away from food remaining. And this is tough, I know, for a lot of people. If you were taught to clean your plate and taught that it's wrong to leave food on your plate, this can be really hard. And yet, again, leaving food on your plate being wrong, just it's a bit of a thought error. Leaving food on your plate versus eating it when you're not hungry, it doesn't serve anybody. It doesn't help anybody have more food in their life. It doesn't necessarily respect the food more. All it means is you're putting it into your body in an amount that your body can't actually use because it's giving you the signal that you're full. So it then has to figure out where to store it. So you could store it in your fridge. You could put it in the garbage can if you're not going to reheat it, or you could store it on your body. Those are your options. Eating it does not mean that it's being well used, I think is a really important thing to think about. You need to be able to manage your thoughts 
on that. And particularly when it is something from childhood where it was just programmed into you from an early age that you can't leave food on your plate or you can't throw away food, watch those thoughts and work on them. This often even leads to the eating of, you know, if you have kids and you're cleaning up the kitchen and you're eating food off their plate because it shouldn't get thrown away, even if you're not hungry. So watching where it shows up for you and how you want to manage it, I think can be important. And recognizing you're allowed to change those beliefs. As an adult, you can decide whatever you want to believe about food remaining on plates. Another skill that you need to be able to stop when satisfied is you need the confidence that you can have more food when you decide you want it. A lot of these drivers to eat when we're not hungry or keep eating when we're satisfied are part of the diet culture because we think this is our only chance and we need to, if we're doing it, we're doing it right. (laughs) We're getting it all in. And the more you own your autonomy in making your food choices and recognizing, you know what, if I do have this cookie and I only eat half of it, if tomorrow I decide I really want cookies, I can make the choice to eat them because I'm an adult and I can choose to do that. Giving yourself that autonomy, it doesn't mean that you'll actually do that very often actually, but by owning that you always can make the choice, it will help get rid of a little bit of the scarcity eating where you're eating because you think this is your only opportunity to enjoy this food. And then the final skill is that you need to have a willingness and the skills to sit with the urges that aren't physically hunger-based. So if you are physically satisfied, but your brain is driving you to keep eating, stopping eating at that point means you need to be willing to sit with your brain still driving you to eat and not eat. Now that may sound very uncomfortable to you, but the more you practice it and the more you work on just sitting with it and not fighting it, not labeling it as wrong, just recognizing it's normal brain behavior, the easier it'll get for you. And so that's, again, just another skill, not necessarily easy the first time you try it, but the more you practice it, the better it'll get. So in summary, the first step, if you want to work on eating only when hungry, stopping when satisfied, is awareness. Awareness both on the hunger side of it, understanding when you're actually hungry and when you're not, and awareness when you're eating about when you start to get the satisfied signals. And just building the awareness and noticing when you want to eat when those aren't there, when you're not hungry or where you're already satisfied and being curious about why that's going on and what might be driving it. And then notice where you're getting tripped up. So if this is your ultimate goal, the times where you eat where you're not hungry, the times where you keep eating when you're already satisfied, notice them and be curious about them and seek to understand them at the deepest level that you can, where you really understand what was going on so that you can start to generate some solutions for yourself that aren't food-based. And then you just keep practicing and you give yourself permission that sometimes you're going to be imperfect at this. It's not always going to go super well. Sometimes you're going to do it well. It's going to feel easy. Other times it's going to feel like you are back at square one. You're never back at square one. It's always just a process. It's all part of the learning curve. And the more you practice it, the more you focus on it and tell your brain that it's important, the better you're going to get at this. All right. Thank you so much for listening, guys. If you have questions or thoughts about how you're applying this to your own weight loss journey, send me an email, info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. I love getting emails and I'll respond to your to any that you send me. And then if you're enjoying this podcast, make sure you hit the subscribe or follow button so that you get all the new episodes delivered free to your inbox each week when they get released. 
If you know somebody who may enjoy the podcast, if you could share it with them, it really helps a podcast get found. All right. Have a fantastic week, guys. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.